Welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today my very dear friend Sally Clarkson is joining us to talk about how to build morning routines and healthy habits into our family life. Now, whether you have kids or not, you honestly absolutely cannot go wrong marinating in the wisdom of Sally Clarkson. Y'all, she is one of my favorite people on the planet. She has had such a huge influence on my own walk with the Lord, my relationship with my kids, and really our whole family culture. So again, if you don't have kids, do not tune out of this episode. If you do have kids, go grab a pen. You're going to want to take a lot of notes. This is really, really good stuff. So let's dive into our chat today with Sally Clarkson. Hey, Sally, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast. I'm so happy to be with one of my favorite people in the world, Kat. It's Yay! you. I'm so excited to talk to you <laughs> as well. And I think it's appropriate that we are doing the Hello Mornings podcast in the morning. Uh, <laughs> so I, know. I, I wanted to just first dive in and have you just do a little intro so that anybody who might not know you can know a little bit more about Sally Clarkson. All right. Well, I am a mom to four kids. I am an author, writer, speaker, podcaster, blogger. Um, married to Clay for 37 years, and um, we have a ministry called Full Heart Ministries, and we love to encourage and inspire and train and equip and disciple women all over the world love to love it. God and to walk with Him. And I am one of those women, and I am so oh. thankful and so, I mean, truly, so many women that I know have been deeply impacted by you and Clay and really your whole family and their ministry. So I'm Really thrilled to have the opportunity to maybe introduce you to the one or two people who might be listening who aren't already familiar. <laughs> oh, you're so you. kind. Okay, Thank so you so much. Before we dive into just the meat of the interview, I want to hear a little bit about what, in this stage of life, what your current morning routine looks like. Well, you know, it, 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 uh, it hasn't shifted much over the years, except that now I can sleep a little bit later. Uh, which means I get up at seven instead of six <laughs> or five thirty. Um, I it's a funny thing because I many years ago when I became a believer through a student ministry when I was in college, the first thing they taught me was how to have a quiet time that I just needed to refresh myself every morning, and so I pretty much do what I've done for a million years, and that is I sleepily get up, I go put on the tea kettle. I light a few candles near where I'm going to sit, and I have a, I have some flowers there. I try to beautify the places that I need um, encouragement in, and um, then I always have um, my uh, little Bible study book and my Bible and two or three other books going. But I think that maybe something that might have changed over the years is that uh, in the past while, when I sit down to have a time with the Lord. And I used to have to get up much earlier to do it without the kids being awake. Um, I try to picture myself walking in to the joy of the Lord that he has provided me with uh, sweetness, forgiveness, love. He is my companion. He is my savior. He is my friend. He is my everything. And so I try to enter into my day, no matter what I have going or what mood I was in when I woke up into kind of a quiet presence and say, I am entering into a place where God's joy is surrounding me at every moment. 
so that I can kind of clothe myself with a heart at rest before I even enter into my quiet time. I love that. Is there like a certain verse that you're kind of praying about as you do that? You're just thinking about? Well, I do have a million joy verses, but no, not generally. I mean, sometimes yes, but I think that um, I've realized that my whole life is about understanding that um, that God is with me. He is um, He is surrounding me. He's where I go. He's my guard. I mean, just the more the older I get, the more I'm really focusing not on what I do or if I've pleased Him because that would never work because I never do. You know, I'm, I mean, we're always works oriented, but it's moving into a relationship with him mm-hmm. and resting in his in his bigness and in his comfort as a father rather than going into my quiet time apologizing to him for all the ways i haven't been faithful mm, so, so it's good. more of a heart attitude than it is a um an exact verse it's just i think that it's real important for people to understand that what they know about the attributes of god and about his goodness and about his love or not know those things will determine how they relate to him. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I love just that idea of not just diving into our quiet time and checking off all the things that we're going to do, but really just taking a minute and focusing on who he is and who we are in him. There's this app that I've been using lately. I want to say it's something really generic called the read scripture app. Um, it's, I think it, it's at least done in conjunction with the Bible project people. They make like these little, not cartoon videos, but hand-drawn videos that sort of very, I guess, theologically explain scriptures. They're really interesting. Like even my kids enjoy watching them. Anyway, it's this read scripture app. And so it, it takes you through the Bible, but it doesn't show like it, it'll tell you what passage you're reading. But then once you click start to read that passage, mm-hmm. it doesn't show you like the verse numbers and things like that. You're reading the Bible like a book. And so that's kind right. of how it presents it. And so anyway, at the beginning of each section, there's this little this sounds so silly, but there's this little dot that just it, it's like a, I guess it's like a GIF. And so it just expands and contracts. And so, <laughs> and then underneath it, it says, just take a minute to breathe deeply and focus on the goodness of God before you read scripture. And oh, it's it. It, it's so silly. But every time I see that dot, I just feel like, oh, yeah, I don't need to just dive into my quiet time and just get things done and just go, go, go. But this is really all about just connecting with the Lord. It's just for some reason, that little dot is the reminder (laughs) that I need to just take a moment and sit and focus on who he is and the wonder that I get to spend time with him. So I love love that you do that as well, even without a glowing dot. Without a dot, but maybe a dot would help me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I... I have uh, the joy when my kids come home because I am very close to them. They live all over the world and we are each other's best friends. And when, um, especially Joy, because she's been home most recently, uh, a few months ago, um, when she is home, she comes and she sits downstairs next to me and she goes, I'm so happy to be with you again. Mm. And um, it's kind of a picture to me of me kind of crawling next to God and knowing that I have a place with him. Mm, I love so, that. Uh, anyway. So you mentioned that you get the tea kettle ready. So your mm-hmm. morning drink is tea. Yeah, I, I think because we lived in Europe a long time, and now I've been living in Oxford in the UK, uh, United Kingdom. Um, it's never changed, but I love strong 
English tea. So I drink uh, Yorkshire Gold, which you can order on Amazon or um, get at Whole Foods or anywhere. But I just like my strong black uh, tea, and I put a little bit of milk and sugar in it and don't feel a bit guilty. (laughs) (laughs) And, y'all, I can attest I've, you know, gone to Sally's conferences and stuff, and even in her hotel room, she will have a little space that she's made beautiful with a, what are the, pashmina? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Yeah. they were just the pashmina scarves. We got them in China when I was there many years ago for $3, and so I bring them with me because they're easy to pack. And you bring teacups, and I mean, it's like, I want to just sit in her spot and spend time with Jesus. It just looks so inviting. So do you have uh, any particular music that you listen to in the morning, or do you listen to music when you wake up? I do. I do. I um, My kids tease that I um, have a walking recording with me at every moment, even when I'm on walks, and I pretend <laughs> When I pass people on the road that I don't know where that music is coming from. But anyway, <laughs> I um, I listen to Pandora. It's my easiest thing. I also have Apple Music, but Pandora is where I go in the mornings. And I have a variety of different instrumental um, stations that I listen to. Any favorites and, that we can look up? Um, well, I'm going to look it up right now. Um, the, the easy instrumentals for morning when you just need some gentleness. Um, I um, Just a second, it's coming. It's... Uh oh, it's starting. Oh no, it's Helen Jane Long and um, Philip Wesley. They have their own channels. And then, because my son is a composer, I love to listen to film scoring. Mm. And um, so I listen to Alexander Desplat, or um, it looks like Desplas or whatever. And I listen to a lot of film score people and um, Dario Marianelli or uh, Rachel Portman. But anyway, these are some people whose music I really enjoy. And um, so I tend to listen to them. I love it. What a peaceful way to wake up. And for those listening, if you need a peaceful way to wake up, uh, Sally's son, Joel, actually has an album from The Life-Giving Home, right? That's the book that it was correlated with. And Mm -hmm. it's an instrumental album. And it's just, it's beautiful. You can get that on Amazon and I would guess iTunes and everywhere. But I love instrumental Music. Yeah, I do listen to Joel. It's joelclarkson.com, and you can find any of his six albums there. Do you have a favorite breakfast? Well, I am pretty routine. I love eggs of any sort. I feel like if I get some sort of uh, protein in my body, so I do, and almost did every day of their lives, scramble the kids' eggs. And um, I'm a bread maker, so sometimes I even have um, a slice of homemade toast. No, yummy. And you actually have a scone <laughs> recipe that my family has made before that we really like that we will oh, really? sometimes use for breakfast. Oh. Um, okay, so and I, I, we've already discussed the fact that your routine looks pretty much the same when you travel down to the decor and everything. Um, I'm curious to know. So this is what, you know, you said it hasn't changed much over the years. Uh, and I imagine this is a lot of what it looked like, you know, back in the beginning when you and Clay were just married. How did it? How did your morning routine get impacted once the kids came along? You know, um, it was just harder. I mean, you were always trying your hardest to wake up before that, that child woke up and came to you. Obviously, when I had babies, um, I just had to roll with with their routine. In other words, if if they um, awakened four times a night, you know, I would still get up with them. But I just, I kind of truly, by because maybe somebody made me feel guilty or maybe they just made me feel impressed. But when 
I, the first thing I could do in the morning after um, having the kids, and a lot of times I learned over the years to give the kids kind of like, oh, this is your special time that you get to wake up, and whether it was giving them a little cup of um, Cheerios and um, or or you know a little song to listen to or a tape to listen to, um, they kind of knew that that was my special time. I kind of trained them very gently into it, and I tried to always provide them with their own habit or routine of something fun that they would do. And um, the funny thing is now, I, you know, you never know what's impacting your children and you hope that something is. But I think that even if I just had five minutes and even if I didn't even read my Bible, they came downstairs and saw me with a cup of tea, candles and a Bible on the table. Um, I'm shocked right now at how many times when my children are writing or speaking or whatever, they say the thing that impressed me the most was when I got up in the morning, I found my mom on her chair with a candle and a cup of tea and a Bible. And I knew that that was what established her in the day. And it became a pattern in my own life. Well, I, I thought maybe the great devotionals I did all the years (laughs) would impact them, but it was more that it was a habit. It was more that this is the way we breathe. This is the way we operate here. We start our day. And, um, so I know that's very general because, you know, I, I remember so well kind of opening my eyes in bed and going, oh, my goodness, what are you doing here already, you <laughs> little child, you? <laughs> but um, no matter what, not obviously not every day. There are disastrous days. There are days of sickness. There are days of travel. But um, I just tried to keep some of the rhythms going, even if it was five minutes. I have this very short devotional that I carry with me everywhere. And it's called The Daily Light. And um, it was written by a man and his son. They wanted people to get back into scripture in the 1860s or something like that. And then Anne Graham Lotz put it out and all these people have put it out. But it has just a short page of scripture on the left side that you're supposed to read in the morning and on the right side that you're supposed to read at night. And um, I don't usually read at night before I go to bed, but... I will open that book, if nothing else, and read two or three scriptures from it if I'm in a really busy time. I love that. So your kids would wake up in the morning. They would come down and and see you there. How did you what, – what were some of those habits that you began to instill in them, not only to keep them occupied while you had your time, but to really just develop that habit in, in them as well? Because what I love that you said is – um, it really goes along with the idea of the the book that you, you and Clay written called The Life-Giving Parent. You you filled yourself up. You were a life-giving person, and you were bringing life into the home and, and, and bringing Jesus into the center of everything that you did as a family. So what were some of those habits that you helped instill in your kids? Uh, I think that I um, realized that when my children were eating, they were quieter. And um, so after I would have my quiet time and, and we, we kind of moved towards over the years, not obviously when they were two years old, but we moved towards them um, setting the table or bringing the cereal or doing whatever. And then while they were eating, I would have a quiet time with them. I would read a verse. I would um, read out of a book that I was reading or a children's Bible story or the 24 Family Ways, which is a discipleship tool that we did over the years three times with them before they left our home. Um, You know, we did it in a more childish way when they were little. It was a a way of giving them 
biblical values that we held true in our family. So we would say a verse out loud and they would say the verse out loud five days in a row. And then we would um, say, what would you do if you were king and you wanted everyone to follow you? Or, you know, we would start out, it starts out with a question and you read a scripture, then you ask questions and then you pray. And so it was um, a simple way, whether we were using that tool or whether we were using other things, just that I wanted um, as a habit, I think that whatever you keep as traditions and habits in your home, even if you miss a day, even if you miss a week, that you go back to it. It's like an anchor mm-hmm. that um, that stabilizes your routine. And so I think if you can say to yourself, don't look at your phone um, or put it down, or for these 10 minutes, we will have a sacred time. And um, it's those I, w- I wrote a book um, in the last year that came out called The Life-Giving Table. And what I realized um, one day, many years ago, was that uh, before my children left my home, if they stayed till they were 17 or 18, they were going to have something like 19,000 meals with me. Mm. And I realized that um, if, I, if I made the time at the table, you know, just one little brick at a time, laid bricks to build a house, one little brick at a time, 19,000 times is a lot of times. And so we really focus on how to use the table to talk about God, about the world, about a biblical worldview, about um, a verse that we were reading. Sometimes if we couldn't even open our eyes, we would just talk about a song, you know, or put on a song. But the point is, anything that you can kind of establish as a habit or routine or tradition so that your children are expecting that that's what's going to happen every day all the time makes your life easier for you, even if it takes a long time to get there. And even if your children, like like mine, I have a, a ADHD, ODD, OCD, oh my goodness, <laughs> a child, and he likes to argue about everything. Well, that's the part of our puzzle. But no matter what, all of the kids, even him, they look back and they say, you know, that, that became um, a mirror to me. It became a comfort to me, a rhythm that that's what I do in my adult life. That's so good. I love the idea of what you said about an anchor, because I think a lot of times when we're trying to establish these habits and things to do with our kids, as soon as we miss something, we feel really discouraged and frustrated, like, oh, I missed it. I'm never going to do this. But the idea of an anchor, it's just something that you, it might not be down constantly, but it's the thing that you always come back to. You always, you know, put down the anchor when, I mean, I know nothing about sailing or boating, but I'm assuming (laughs) maybe when you go to sleep or something, you put down an anchor. But just the idea that it's this thing that you go back to, it's the thing that brings stability. When things get really crazy, you put down the anchor. And so even if in the beginning, you know, someone listening right now is like, okay, well, my life is super crazy. I have no rhythm, no habits with my kids. But if you can just set down that anchor, you know, even if it's just once a week at the beginning and then maybe twice a week, it's just something that you can continually build in, in something that just creates that stability, I think, uh, that we can grow off of and build off of. Um, okay, so I have a question for you. Um, mm-hmm. Your oldest and youngest are 11 years apart. Is that right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. What did, so you talk about gathering around the breakfast table. I'm, so we're in the midst of summer right here, right now. Right. And my youngest and my oldest do not wake up at the same time. How did you get them <laughs> at the breakfast table at the same time? Did you wake them up? You know, How, the, what did the, that look like? 
the problem with questions is that they're all general answers mm-hmm. and they don't, they don't um, correspond with every single season. But um, yeah, I think eventually it, it is harder, obviously um, when kids are older, you know, sometimes it's easier with the first child to make them conform or to help them to conform to everyone else. Um, and then you have your other children. But um, I think that, you know, summertime routines as they got older, uh, we allow for personality, we allow for uh, differences in schedule. But by the time my kids were older, um, I don't know if older is 10 or 11 or 12 or 13 or 14, um, and we are not afraid of caffeine in our home. So um, we would make them a cup of tea and they would go to their rooms and start having quiet times. Mm-hmm. Um, or they would come down or they would go. They all kind of liked, we we eventually, this is may seem like a funny thing, but we eventually, uh, even if it was at a secondhand store, got each of the kids what we called a quiet time chair for their room. And we got each of them a little table, and um, and we would load up a basket with different kinds of books and interesting um, reads or biographies or, or, you know, whatever. We'd give them music and their stockings every year. But we did everything that we could to make to create for them a place where they could escape and be alone and have time. And we would bribe them with a cup of tea or, um, you know, cocoa or, or um, coffee. And I don't know when that happened. Don't hold me to it. But it, it just kind of emerged from, well, mom has tea and quiet times. And so it kind of became a, a reward. I know that may seem funny, but they yeah. felt very adult mm-hmm. that. So sometimes in the summers, um, maybe I would still be meeting with Joy and going through all the kids' books that I did with the older ones, or maybe it would be Joy and um, Nathan or Joy and Joel, whoever was downstairs. But eventually all the kids evolved into getting up, getting their own cup of tea, and going away and being by themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's real important, too, to know that if you don't go through a whole book, don't worry about it. Um, I always had a variety of things. I think resources are real important. If you can find out from your friends or from Cat Lee um, or from Sally Clarkson, uh, uh, different books that you've used over the years. Um, and if you can have those available near you so that if you aren't feeling particularly spiritual and if you're pretty tired, you don't even have to think. You go to your little basket of books and say, what should we read today? And you pull it out. But having resources, have being prepared ahead of time makes any habit a lot easier to keep. Mm. If you don't have to think about it every day or where's that book or, you know, um, it's there. It's if your quiet time basket is near the table. It doesn't change. And if you lost the book you used yesterday, there's still four more. Um, you know, I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. Or not. Yeah. What are some books that you've used? I don't know if you remember the titles at this point in time, but if you do, can you share them? Um, well, again, I, I, I keep saying the 24 family ways we did use at different times because it was a way for us to train the kids and be able to say, now, what is our way? You know, what is our Bible verse about how we speak to each other? So that 24 family ways, you can find it, um, at our website at wholeheart.org, um, or Amazon, whatever you want. We use the Catherine Voss story Bible when they were very little. Um, I know for my boys, there was a, and I don't remember the name of it, but we bought each of them their own. Um, it's the Bible with um, like a comic book. Oh, I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen it. Yeah, I think but, that we have that. Is it the Action Bible? 
No, I don't. Well, I'm, I'm throwing things out there. <laughs> might not even. I, I know. I think that um, if you just probably look up in Amazon the, um, the comic book Bible or whatever, it'll come up with something. But it was just that when they were in church, they would flip through that, and then they started considering that their their book. Um, now this isn't exactly a devotional, but we would read these little books called Hero Tales, and it would have a scripture and a tiny little story about a missionary or someone who had done something very brave and bold. Um, and oh, I'm gonna, I started to say I'm gonna walk into my library, but then I would be leaving my computer here. Um, so I can't do that. <laughs> but um, there are a bunch of different ones that are just sitting right next door inside my library that, um, that I used. Um, but I just can't remember the names of them right now. I can remember the color of the front of the book. But I just can't remember the names of the books. But I think there are probably a lot of great new um, story Bibles or tools that are really helpful. It's mainly having those uh, in a basket. Or I think there are some great um, Bible on tape for kids now, too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I looked it up. There is one, or at least the one that we use is called the Action Bible. And then, you know, I don't remember the name. There's like, a, there's an app from the people who do version. There's a kids app that's got Bible stories in it that I know my son absolutely adored when he was younger. And, mm -hmm. and then there's also an app right now that my church has given everybody access to. So I don't, I don't know how it works, just if your church doesn't use it, but it's called Right Now Media. And mm -hmm. it has all kinds of video Bible studies and veggie tales and what's in the Bible things. And so just lots of resources for kids at different ages, at different stages um, and that, that you can use. Right. And the only caution I would give with that is that busy moms who want to check their Facebook and phones might think, well, I'm just going to put them on this video or I'm just going to do this or that. And um, I think that it's really important to understand that the thing that we're doing with our children, because there's so many different theologies out there and different boxes and so on, is even if you use an app or a video or something really wonderful with your child, you are the main picture of Christ to them. You're the main mentor. So you want to be asking questions and talking about um, about what they're seeing. And uh, you want to be the one who is helping them interpret what God is like, what theology is like, who, um, what was the point of the story? Does that make sense? So you don't want to just put them on a machine. Mm -hmm. You want to be a real live human being sitting right next to them and looking in their little eyes and heart, knowing the issues they're going through and guiding them to some answers that they might need sometime in their life. That's so good. And, and really, again, that's kind of the heart of the life giving parent of being we as parents are the ones who teach our kids about Jesus. It's not about going to church. Um, it's not about, you know, going to VBS. Those things are great, but we get to be the ones who teach them about Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. So now that your kids are older and mm -hmm. they've developed some of their own habits and routines, um, are there, you mentioned coming downstairs and, and seeing you having your quiet time. Are there anything that they mention now that were really impactful for them for the habits that they've built along the way besides seeing you? Well, I think that, um, and we talk a lot about this in the life giving parent, um, you can't pass on what you don't have. Mm -hmm. And so I think that we need to understand that the way that we lead our children to Christ is 
to lead him to the Christ that we are celebrating in our own lives. It's not about, you know, I, I have a lot of parents in my ministry who say, I did all the right things and my children have rebelled. Well, our children do have a will and they have their own story and they have their own temptations and so on. But I think that um, we really believe in an incarnational Christ. And what that means is he is living inside of us in every moment. He is the um, the artist who created the sunrise and the stars that we see at night when we go out on our deck. And he's the God who makes seasons and beautiful flowers and deer that walk through our yard and our, our dog that we keep to that causes us all sorts of havoc. Um, and um, so I think that another thing that they all said was that God was the oxygen we breathed in our home, that, um, you know, we were uh, talking with him about him morning, noon, and night, not in a false way, but in a, in a way, um, someone asked my daughter, Sarah, many years ago, why are all of you kids as adults, um, you all seem to walk with God, and it's a funny thing, but they're all studying theology and doing things with that now, or Nathan's making movies about um, theological stories, but, um, and she said, you know, I think it was the French toast with um, maple syrup and pecans, and, um, they said, well, what do you mean? That doesn't sound very spiritual. And, um, I, you know, she said, well, don't you understand that God is the source of all beauty and goodness? And we celebrated life in our home. And he wasn't um, a rule to be followed. He was a God to enjoy and to celebrate his creativity every day. And um, my son Nathan once said, uh, Mom, you know, I feel like a lot of people that are Christians are so um, they're so dull and they're so uh, ready to make you feel guilty. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, I think our God is a God of Celtic music and strong tea and cinnamon toast and um, puppy dogs, kind of the same thing. But we gave our children a sense morning, noon and night that it wasn't just that quiet time that we had, but that everywhere we went, when we made a mistake, we said, I'm so sorry. I'm so glad that God forgives us. Will you forgive me? Or um, you know, when we were, um, we listened to music all day long, actually, uh, we, we did a lot of fun things, but we referenced God in a personal way through the moments of their lives as teenagers, we would, you know, give them chocolate chip cookies and scratch their back and say, now tell me your issues. <laughs> and, um, so it was us bringing God into our home life, the moments of our lives. And we had to be relating to him. And when they had doubts, saying, I've had doubts too. Um, but it was us living in a realistic way before them that really helped them to know that it wasn't just about that morning routine, but that we consulted him at every point of our lives. Mm-hmm. What I love about that so much is it, it feels so freeing to me. Instead of Feeling like, and, and I know Clay says this over and over again in the book that, you know, this isn't a formula. This isn't a step-by-step plan. It's, um, it's just so freeing to me because it's just, I just need to love Jesus. That's just where I need to start. That's where it all, everything else comes from. And, and instead of thinking, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z, I need to make sure that I read, you know, this book, that book, and this book, mm-hmm. and do all the things and do everything perfectly. Being a life-giving parent fundamentally just comes from what you're talking about earlier, sitting in that chair, spending time with Jesus, 
knowing him, loving him, and letting all the rest of it kind of flow out of that. Obviously, there's a lot of intention and everything from that. But when we get overwhelmed, when we feel like there's just so much that we're doing everything wrong, we can come back to that one thing of just having our life being filled by him. That's so true. Um, One thing that you guys talk a lot about in the book is also that's really important in Hello Mornings is the idea of planning. And and specifically, you talk about the idea of numbering our days and then teaching our children to do the same. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. Well, I was thinking about it this morning because Clay and I are very, very different. Um, And I want to say to everyone, be your own self. You have a personality. And um, Clay is, he's uh, on a Myers-Briggs scale, uh, which is a personality inventory. He is a very thinking person. You know, everything has to make sense rationally, logically. And, and, you know, in the, and so he, he relates to life through a very rational point of view and through information. Well, I am, on the other hand, um, love and affection and emotion is very important to me, friendship. And so um, I think that as I look at planners and, and different things like that, I wanted to shape the kids in the direction of learning. Uh, like I would, I would say, I can't imagine how God's going to use you in your world. I bet that maybe if you, you know, practice your piano, you might become a great musician or you read more books than anyone I know. I can't believe that you're going to um, that you're going to probably become a writer or a great thinker in your lifetime because people need to know the truth. And so I was a verbal person, and um, when I would plan with Clay, I would say, "What attribute can we affirm that each of our children has?" So Clay and I would get together for breakfast, and we would write things down. And he might write down what he wanted them to know, which I still care deeply about what my children know, but I also wanted them to know that. They were loved by God. That they, and so we would plan out what does this child need over the six or eight month period of time. What what um, what are they failing in? What character quality do we just one character quality do we want to focus on in the next year? What are some of the books we might read? Um, when are we going to get together? Because now this child is playing soccer or this child is doing basketball or whatever. And so um, we would plan realistically when we were going to gather as a family, and we. Um, so we just kind of together would write out a tentative schedule of how we were going to incorporate quiet times, family time, personal time with the kids. Or And so, you know, maybe at bedtime I would be saying, um, you know, this is a let's memorize this verse together. Or I love it that you're growing in courage or that you're learning to use self-control in your tongue or whatever, but we would use our planning time and our, you know, to get together and say, okay, life is so crazy right now. How can we stop it and say, we're going to build the children in these ways, say these things, read these verses, have times with the family during this time. And just building that habit. I know it's hard to imagine to begin with, but what I've seen people say over and over again is that when they finally made time, just a little time alone with their husband to say, can we just plan how we're going to move forward or some of the things we might incorporate, even if we just incorporate one thing, that when you make time for that, all of a sudden you begin having a place to discuss what is strong, what is weak, and how you want to go forward. And you really can't build anything unless you have a plan. You need to know what it is you're building. And so even my mom always said, um, get Clay at the right time. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, well, at the end of a long day, he is exhausted and probably maybe a little irritated by this or that that happened. So 
feed him a meal, bring him a cup of tea, light the candles. Say, I'm so glad to be with you. Don't throw things at your husband when he's exhausted. Make a place and a time to honor that relationship. And that's the place where you need to plan. That's so good. Did this idea of planning, you know, what areas your kids needed to grow in, what they need to be encouraged in, was this something that you guys applied in your own lives as well? Like, did you look at the year ahead and think, okay, this is how I want to grow. This is what I want to learn. Or was this something specifically for the kids? Oh, no, no, no. I think that it all started because we were in missions and we were on staff with different Christian organizations. And they were the ones who taught us about daytimers. Now we have all these beautiful planners people can use. But uh, I think it was as early uh, young adults, and we were we didn't get married till we were much older, or you know, in our thirties. Um, I was almost thirty, and Clay was thirty-one, and um, so we had learned these great strategic planning times because that's what we had to do in our mission and in our ministry. And so I think that we had an advantage entering into marriage, understanding that planning. Um, the wise woman builds her house. The foolish tears it down with her own hands. You can't build a house. You can't build a legacy unless you know what you're building and where you're going. So I would say um, find some authors that have a heart for the same things you heart have. Read their books. Write down their ideas. Uh, a wise woman copies wise women. Um, and so I think that whatever you need to do to educate yourself so that you can become a planning goal-oriented person in the right way that, that you're you're redeeming your time you're you're making it special you're not saying yes to everything you're setting boundaries so that you can protect sacred family friendship relational time and time with the lord together if you don't plan it you won't have it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and actually sally has a great book along those lines called own your life and if you're looking for that mentor person. She has tons of great books, including the newest one, Life-Giving Parent, that she wrote with Clay. Sally, where can people find you and all your amazing <laughs> wisdom and resources and everything? You're so sweet. The main place to find me and any of our other things is at sallyclarkson.com, S-A-L-L-Y-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N.com. And um, I have a podcast um, called At Home with Sally. And, um, and you can find me there, but those two places would be the main place. And then, um, if you want to know a list of our books, you can go to wholeheart.org, W-H-O-L-E-H-E-A-R-T dot O-R-G. But, um, it's just such a privilege to be with you, Kat, and to be able to minister to these amazing people that God has brought into our lives. And I know you feel the same way. I do. And I'm so honored to have you with us today. And just for everybody listening, I've known Sally for quite a while. I've been in her home. I've been around her kids and she is truly the real deal. So, you know, <laughs> it's not just somebody writing books about things they know. It's writing books about things that they've lived. And I just can't recommend her wisdom highly enough. So definitely go check out sallyclarkson.com and wholeheart.org. Did I say both of those right? Yes, you said him right. And you and everybody needs to know that I mutually admire Kat. She has more integrity than almost anybody I know. So it's kind of uh, this fun time that we get to be together and um, admire each other. <laughs> Mutual admiration society. Yes, there you go. All right. Well, Sally, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being with us today. It was great. It was my privilege, Kat. Have a wonderful day and summer. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Y'all, I told you, right? So good. I love Sally's wisdom. And honestly, 
I didn't know what to expect with her new book. I've read all of her books and I was like, what, what's going to be new? But this life-giving parenthood book is honestly one of my favorites. I love Clay's influence in there. And it was just so inspiring. I, I really can't put a, a, a finger on it exactly. It was very inspiring and kind of very freeing because it wasn't a, while it wasn't a like step-by-step exactly do this, exactly do that kind of book, I don't know, and some, somehow, even though it wasn't a step-by-step book, it made parenting clearer to me. It kind of made it even simpler. I don't know. Get a copy. You're going to love it. I actually ended up reading it in one sitting. That's how much I liked it. So you can get that anywhere, Amazon, anywhere books are sold. Get a copy of it. You can also, while you're at that book place that you're going to to get that book, you can also get a copy of the Hello Mornings book if you need more resources or encouragement for your morning routine. And you can get the first chapter of the Hello Mornings book at hellomornings.org forward slash book if you want to check that out first. And also, if you want any links to anything that we mentioned in the show today, just be sure to check out the show notes for this episode over at hellomornings.org. You can click on the link for today's show. There'll be a little picture of Sally on there, right there on the homepage or on the podcast page. Now, I just want to say thank you so much for joining me today. Again, my name is Kat Lee, and I'm just so glad that you joined Sally and I for our chat today. And I will see you next time on the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. It's early in the morning, the house is quiet. But I've set aside this time for you. Bow before the throne of a noble king And in this place my heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet new mercy May my thoughts obey Jesus to walk in This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.